Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 48. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 48. Your up-close and personal connection to Gary Renard, no matter what the episode is. It's your in-your-ears connection with Gary Renard, best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and the very soon-to-be-released Love Has Forgotten No One. We're going to prove that here today. We even have the choir and joining us in. That always, that inspires me. And it inspires Gary. And because he is just, oh, he's on fire with inspiration right now. We'd like to welcome him with no further ado. Would you welcome, please, the star of our show, the inimitable Mr. Gary Renard. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, the crowd. The crowd just, just goes wild for you, Gare. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Gary has entered the building. Yeah, how you doing, buddy? Okay, how are you? What is what is happening in Gary Renard Land? Just so folks will know, we are gonna get to a bunch of questions for Gary this time. I know there have been times we've said that, and we've we've come up short, quite honestly. But we're just another forgiveness opportunity. Today, however, nothing to forgive. We're going to do questions. But we are going to chat a little bit first. And uh, what's happening in, uh, as I said before, in La La Land? Yeah, well, that's good that we're going to do uh, uh, Q&A because I've noticed, especially this year, uh, doing workshops. Uh, Cindy you know, does a lot of the workshops with me. And she's uh, participating a lot more than she used to. And we do this uh, thing we call it interacting with uh, the audience where people can either ask questions or they can make a comment or they can just share, you know, an experience that they've had or maybe a forgiveness opportunity that they've had. And then Cindy and I go back and forth with them. And uh, Cindy has gotten very good at doing that. I mean, not that she wasn't experienced before because she's been, you know, doing uh, spiritual counseling sessions for years. And uh, as you know, she has a, a master's degree in spiritual psychology right. from uh, the University of Santa Monica. And by the way, the president of the University of uh, Santa Monica, uh, Ron Holman, gave a very good endorsement of uh, my next book, Love Has Forgotten No One, which you'll see on the back cover uh-huh. of the book, along with one from uh, Rogier. Rogier, I love his name, Rogier F. Van Vlissingen, originally from Holland, now of New York City. In, no, I'm sorry, uh, Gary. That's uh, he prefers it to be referred to as New Amsterdam, not New York City. Oh, you're right. He's sticking to the old name. <laughs> you're right. What's that song? Uh, even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why did they change it? We can't say. The people just seem to like it that way. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Also, that's the song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the four lads. I remember. <laughs> Uh, back in the 1950s, uh, the year after I was born, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they came out with this song. I don't know if it was called, called Constantinople or what. But it's a really catchy yeah. uh, tune. It's really, really fun. Anyway, Cindy uh, helps me with this Q&A, and she's very good at it. And uh, I've realized that one of my uh, favorite parts of doing the workshop is this back and forth mm-hmm. that we have with people. And so that's why I'm glad that we're going to be doing uh, some Q&A today. 
And, of course, I'm excited because the new book is going to be out as we record this. Uh, and if uh, people are interested, they can just go to GaryRenard.com and click on the, uh, the picture of the book there. If they scroll down just a little bit, all three books are on the homepage now. And uh, they can just click on it. They could pre-order it at Amazon, although by the time they hear this, it'll probably be uh, available uh, in October. They can just go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Hay House. I have links to all three uh, underneath the uh, book. And they can just get it wherever they want. Yeah, and you're saying the uh, the fellow from the University of Santa Monica um, and Roger, and uh, they've actually have read the book already. That's right. Because oh, uh, Roger so was uh, partly responsible for translating the book in, uh, into, into Dutch. Yeah, uh, along with a friend of ours from Holland, uh, Andre. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you've done it. No, yeah, you know Andre. Yeah, but, but you've um, done it now. Once we bring up Andre, it's like when you speak his name. <laughs> we'll hold off. We'll we'll do it later. The reference, but you know what happens. Andre knows. He's thinking of it already as he hears this. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, the book actually is being released in uh, on the same day in uh, not just in English but also let me think in Spanish, ah. uh, Portuguese, uh, Dutch, uh, French, uh, Swedish, Finnish. You know, quite a few languages that covers a lot of ground in, all on the same day. And then, of course, a lot of languages will follow in the next few months. Yeah. So people yeah. have already have already gotten to read it, a few people, but, I mean, just oddly, I I, I have not. I, I, I haven't seen a copy of it. I don't know. <laughs> well, mostly it's been translators, you yeah. know, because they had to translate it in order to have the book ready. I and, could translate uh, into Bogartlandian. Yeah, and I didn't actually send the book to them. Uh, Hay House did, but uh. I... I kind of like uh, know some of these people because when I go to their countries, uh, I'll do workshops, and, and in some cases they'll act as the translator. So uh, you know, they just just kind of like we're anxious to uh, get the book and translate it. And of course, we asked anybody, any of those translators, to not share it with anybody. And you know, you have to be careful because it, it could have easily ended up on the internet, uh, and everybody could have read it for free before. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> we wouldn't want that, would we? <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know. I, no, I understand, yes. Intellectual property I mean, and all that. I mean, I don't care. I get paid anyway. But, you know, hey, uh, they, they, yeah. it, they advance me a certain amount, you know, for the book, and they want to get their money back, certainly. So I don't blame them, you know. Uh, and since if it was Hay House that was sending out the preliminary copies, then it's no wonder they didn't send one to me because, you know, they have that issue. They won't, they don't, they don't want me, you know, Hay House is afraid of me or something. I'm, yeah, I I'm trying to stir up some controversy in my life because that always sells really well, and I'm I'm not going to be like Miley Cyrus, but I need some kind of controversy. <laughs> I'm just so I'm just too easy, you know. So uh, yeah, I guess that would be uh, be the thing. But there must be some reason because I am a, a Hay House recording artist, after all. Uh, you're portraying the voice of Arton on the Hay House release of the Disappearance of the Universe audio CDs. Yeah, um, well, I want I want you to know that Hay House was. Uh you know, big enough to send me uh, one copy no, did <laughs> of, of the book. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I think uh, I'm going to order a couple of copies myself so I can send you one and, and uh, you know, I can maybe send a couple of review copies to people who I know will write uh, reviews. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, you know, people are pretty much on their own you get your one copy then you pay like everybody else buddy that's right yeah. one copy <laughs> and uh and cindy just read it again because because of course cindy was the first one yeah uh, well, she'd be kind of your ultimate proofreader i guess right 
Yeah, yeah, she's good at, at proofreading, and uh, she's you know really not that easy to please when it comes to uh, books. And she thinks that this one is really something. And uh, and I don't think it's just because uh, you know, she's married to me. <laughs> I think it's because <laughs> well, that may have something to do with it. But I think she really thinks that it's very good. And the the translators think it's really good. I mean, the reaction that I've gotten, like there's an editor at Hay House. Uh, who read it and thought it was really good. And, uh, of course, I have a deal with Hay House where they can't change what's in the book. Oh, how'd you work that out? Well, uh, when I first went with Hay House about nine years ago, the Disturbance of the Universe was already selling. Yeah. Uh, it was already doing good. And so uh, to take over, uh, I felt kind of guided, well, you know, not only can you not change this, but anything that I write with art in person... It can't be changed. You know, you can't change anything about it because, you know, they're like the Holy Spirit and you can't mess with them. So, uh, and I could just picture, you know, an overzealous editor, uh, not at that time, but I could, you know, you never know what's coming down the road. So, uh, you know, you just picture an overzealous editor changing it and and making it more with his or her beliefs, you know, rather than A Course in Miracles. And so I just, you know, insisted on having it in my contracts that uh, they couldn't change anything. And uh, they went along with it because the first book was already selling. They knew that they'd make money, so they didn't. that's probably the only reason that I got that deal. It's kind of like the equivalent of, uh, you know, writing a TV show or a movie and then saying, well, you know, you can't change what this show is saying, which is uh, kind of like what I'm trying to do with the TV series. <laughs> right. You know, I'm right. actually trying to get that also as part of the contract. You know, I'm not going to tell a director how to direct or anybody how to act or a DP how to, you know, do his job. Uh, but when it comes to what is actually said by the by the actors, by the characters, and what comes out over uh, television, uh, I do have to have, you know, any final edit on that. Nothing can be changed without my approval, or else they'll probably change it, they'll go against the thought system, then people won't trust it, and it won't work. So uh, I think it's really important to stick to the thought system and be consistent uh, because that's the only way that it's going to work. And it won't be easy to, to get that, but uh, especially in television, but uh, that's what I'm going for. And, uh, well, so, yeah, people obviously can always catch up on that uh, with what the latest, what's happening there, uh, both on your Facebook page. Oh, yeah, and we should remind people, too, we have the Facebook page. Many people have joined and liked our page, rather, on Facebook for the Gary Renard Podcast and Forgiveness.tv. So if you're on Facebook and you haven't already liked us, please do. We want you to like us so badly. and uh, <laughs> But a lot of people have, and that's great, and we put updates there about what's happening with you. But your uh, your Facebook, your own one, also uh, promotes the recent activities, whatever's happening with the TV show Progress, as well as your book. Hey, you know, we should bring something up here. You know, we were, we were going to talk about this. We haven't, Gary and I have spoken about this idea. We haven't completely finalized it yet so it's not definite but it seems likely that around the time of the book's release should we tell them gare uh sure okay we're thinking yes i wait wait do i have a do i have a drum roll here uh well it's not a drum roll but it's a rim shot that's as close as i could do at the moment um we're thinking of doing another conference call to talk about the book and other things 
And uh, we haven't finalized the time and the format yet, uh, but we think you'll be able to find out pretty easily. But mark that on your calendars right now. Now, people, as we're recording this, uh, they'll be hearing it probably about a week after we do it because it takes that long to shuffle everything together and make sense of it and release it as the podcast. Um, but that'll that'll be about a week ahead of when that would occur. So it should work out okay. Um, we will be notifying on our Facebook pages all the various ones. I imagine you will have some kind of a of a of a news blast of some kind going out to your group. I think as well um, as yeah. I, as I will. So just everybody make sure. I think most listeners to this show are probably already on Gary Renard's newsletter list, his email list. Make sure you do that. That's at GaryRenard.com. You can find that. And go to forgiveness.tv, and, and then I have one that I'm running there. I haven't done one in a while for a variety of reasons, but I'm going to be doing one real soon. Um, you can sign up for the newsletter at forgiveness.tv. So between those two, we'll notify everybody about the specifics of the call and how you can join in. And and depending how it works, maybe have a chance to even get on the line if you want to and talk to Gary and I or submit some questions through email, maybe through Twitter. We're working the details out. But I think we're going to do that first time we've done a conference call in a couple of years now. And we used to have a lot of fun and uh, some real good information on those. So hopefully yeah. we'll be doing that. Yeah, and I'll also put uh, an announcement at Twitter where you can uh, say maybe 10 or 11 words <laughs> before they cut you off. I just got a kick out of that. You know, I'll, I'll write something at Facebook, then I'll try to transfer yeah. it to Twitter, and you have to like cut out 90% of it. Do, do, the, do the Twitter first, then copy it over to Facebook, and you can always add more. <laughs> you know, yeah, that probably be the best. You thing. can't go the other way. Yeah. But then you got to make room for the link, too. Yeah, so, yeah, that's it's, true, it's, too. It's really hard. You know, it's science. Uh blinded me with science yeah. so anyhow um real quickly give if you, we like to always give people an update uh, on on what you're doing if you want to do a little quick uh, any uh any calendar notifications any traveling or stuff that people should know about and then then we're going to move into some questiones well after the book comes out uh Cindy and i are going off on uh trips to quite a few places to talk about the book and do workshops uh based on the book and uh, we'll be going to places like uh, oh, Victoria Island, which is right next to Vancouver. Yeah, beautiful British place. Columbia. Gorgeous Beautiful place. place, yeah. We'll be going to Toronto, which we do pretty much every year. And uh, we'll be going to places like Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, also New Jersey. Going to Joyzy. Joyzy. Yep, that should be uh, a lot of fun. And uh, let me see, where else are we going after New Jersey? Do you remember? Yeah, Portland. Oh, yeah, Portland, Oregon. Which ah. is a really cool place, and I'm also going to be uh, giving a presentation at a woman's prison the night before. <laughs> well, that all, that sounds like a setup for some kind of a joke or something, but no, that it's a serious situation, obviously. And boy, yeah, that'll, that'll, what, that'll what my first time? What what will uh, what would be a better uh, better venue to speak about forgiveness than in a prison? Uh, you know, our, your your buddy Joe Wolf, who I know a bit, uh, always talks about that in as more specifically in men's prison, but women's prison too. No no cakewalk there. So forgiveness very much needed as something for people to embrace. Yeah, and I understand that uh, a lot of the people who will be coming uh, have been studying my books and The Course in Miracles oh. uh, in prison, so it should be uh, pretty interesting. And uh, after Portland, uh, I'm going to New York City, uh, both Manhattan and uh, the Bronx, and uh, that should be interesting. And uh, we're also going to Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, San Diego. Yeah, we got quite a few places uh, in the couple of months following the release date of uh, Love Is Forgotten No One. 
and uh, that should be a lot of fun. Then when Christmas starts to roll, down, roll around, we'll start to take it easy, you know, uh, go more into a writing mode because I have another book I want to write, plus Cindy and I are writing a book together about relationships. So uh, I think over the winter, January, February, into March, before I start traveling quite a bit again, we're going to be doing a lot of writing this winter. Have you guys considered a hot air balloon? You know, the two of you could be in the basket of the balloon and you could just float along the countries and then, you know, come down lower and speak to people in like a county fair and then up you go as they all wave and you drift to the next town. I mean, that would seem to be a way to spread, I don't know, just a thought. Well, yeah, uh, Cindy doesn't really like the idea of going up in a hot air balloon. No. Uh, I've done it, uh, I think, oh, maybe three times, but... Uh, Cindy doesn't like that. Something about, I think the basket just seems a little bit too small. But uh, I love it. I think that it's the closest you can get to feeling like a bird. You know, when they stop giving it the gas, it's silent. And it's so peaceful, you know, to just be gliding over uh, the country. Uh, the only thing is you don't want to hit a power line. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I must say that's a shocking revelation, Gary, that you would Yeah, well, it happens. <laughs> you know, sometimes the wind is the wind starts blowing a little bit too much. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Then you can't completely control everything. And you know, when I you know, it's kind of like uh skydiving. Like I actually jumped out of a plane once. No. Uh-huh. And and it was after that that I started to realize everything that could have gone wrong. Oh. <laughs> You know, because you read all these little things that, that could go wrong, and then I realized, well, maybe once was enough. <laughs> you know, maybe like, having experience once is enough. There is a Russian roulette element to that, where you know, if you get away with it a couple of times, it might might be time to uh, to not do that anymore. Are we still there? I heard a nice, interesting beep on the phone. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, okay. it, it may probably... happen again. It might have been one of those incoming calls right about. Oh boy, I can time it, can't I? I don't make that up. I people should know that by now. That no, this, this stuff just happens. Uh, well, that, that was probably Homeland Security. It could have been. They're checking in on us. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my brother-in-law, Mark, told me about how they have this new thing where you can actually jump off the top of the stratosphere in Las Vegas. It's like a, a ride in Europe's these stories. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you actually jump off the top. It's... And uh, it's like a bungee jump. Not exactly, but it's something like a bungee jump. But you're guided down, but you guide it down at full speed, and, and it's, I don't know, it sounds really scary. I just, you know, I there's a lot of things I would do in the world, but I don't think I would ever do that kind of a thing. There, again, just, you know, eventually that bungee thing is going to give way, and it'll be my turn. So, you know, so you just and, and I would have gone, I knew I shouldn't have, I knew I, splat. So uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Well, that has happened, and uh, I, that's why I think that I'll probably just stick to a good old-fashioned zip line. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I did a, a zip line in Costa Rica over the trees, up hundreds of feet, and it was really exhilarating, but, you know, you're really strapped in there, and, and the only way that anything could go wrong would be if the whole thing broke. You know, right. If the whole, and if and as we know, that could never happen. Well, yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So, but, you know, we live on Psycho Planet. It's a calculated risk just to, you know, as they say, you're, you're, you're actually safer on an airplane. Statistically, you're safer while flying in an airliner than you are sitting in your living room. Because, you know, a truck can run off the highway and smash into your house and kill you, or a meteorite can come through your roof. And so you, you're never safe on this planet. We all have to just give up that, that illusion of safety because there isn't any to be found here. 
Yeah, that's true. Oh my goodness, I'm talking the, about uh, the course, Gary. I fell into the course talking about, oh, there's no safety here in this illusion. Safety is only in our oneness with God. That's true, but, you know, things have improved. Uh, back in the 90s, uh, when it came to domestic flights, the odds of being in a crash were like one in a million. Now it's like one in four million. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, things have improved, so it's kind of like winning the lottery. Uh, the only problem with that is that some people do win the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, take your chances. I, I think it's the sense of of not being in your own control. When you're in an airplane, you're sitting in this metal tube hurtling along at 500 miles an hour or whatever it is at 30,000 feet, and you're not the one who's flying the thing, uh, which is a good idea in most people's cases that <laughs> someone else is flying. But you have no control. If something goes wrong, there is nothing you can do. Now, when you're in a car, you say, well, I've got the wheel. I've got the brake pedal. You know, I can, you know, we we have the illusion of greater safety when we're in control of it. Now, statistically, that is far from the truth. The airplane is much, much safer than being in your car at any time. But it feels better because we seem to we have the illusion of, of better control in the car than we do in the train. Right. But yeah, but that's why forgiveness. I know we're going to get into the course here because that's a perfect little segue. This is the Holy Spirit. He's feeding us this. Go, come on, guys, get into the course uh, because this is why we're forgiving the world all the time. Because anything else is an attempt to make sense of the world, which cannot be made sense of to dangle the participle, that there is no way to make sense of something that inherently has no sense. It was it was designed to not be sensible, and, you know, and that's, that's the ego at work, but we're always trying to solve that equation, and it can't be solved. So the only thing is to, is to go to the other equation, which is God's equation, which is you are in a place of perfect safety at all times, but, but that's always the choice that we make. How's that? How did I, how's that segue? I think it's very good, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, obviously, the world of God is based on uh, oneness and wholeness yeah. and unity. And I think that people want to think that the world is based on unity, but it's actually not. Right. Uh, it's based on separation, and separation leads to chaos. So uh, you have, uh, you know, the laws of chaos in the Course, and the first one is that the truth is different for everyone. Mm. And so that's based on this world, where, sure, the truth can be different for everyone, but in reality, the truth is the same for everyone, which is why we have to choose. Now, when it comes to the world, uh, you know, Arden Persa told me a long time ago that even the date that I'm going to die has already been determined. Right. That, that's already there in the script. So why worry about it? Right. You're dead already. Yeah. Yeah. So why not just uh, experience your life and, you know, forgive when forgiveness is called for, and when forgiveness is not called for, then enjoy it. You know, at one point, uh, the Course says that if you're with somebody and there's nothing to forgive, then what you should do is celebrate. Ah. You know, so that's why I always emphasize that this is a happy form of spirituality. And uh, it's okay to have a good time. And it's okay to laugh. And, uh, you know, if there is something to forgive, well, at least we know what it's for. It's like the Course asked us a few times, you know, what is it for? And there was certainly uh, a time in my life when I didn't know what anything was for. And now I actually feel I, I know what everything is for, and it's either to celebrate or to forgive. Yeah. And uh, forgiveness can lead to peace, even if things aren't going the way that you want them to. And, uh, you know, m most of the time, uh, things in this world are not going to go 
whether you want them to, because you're not always going to get what you want. Uh, you're not always going to, uh, you know, have the things that you want to have and get the results that you want to get. And part of that is because, uh, you know, people are not really connected that much to the Holy Spirit. If they were, then the Holy Spirit would lead them to what is best for everybody, and it would lead them at least to peace, uh, maybe happiness, and maybe even success, if you consider the fact that the Holy Spirit can see everything, including this interlocking uh, chain of forgiveness that the Course talks about, which means my forgiveness is connected to your forgiveness, is connected to everybody's forgiveness, but we can't uh, see the whole thing. We can't see the Holy Spirit's plan of forgiveness, which, as the Course teaches, was actually devised at the end of time, and then kind of like went backwards to where everything was corrected up to that point, and there's uh, that interlocking chain of forgiveness that will heal uh, the human race. But we don't see it because we only see this little speck of time and space. So we think that we know what's best for us. You know, we we think that what we want is what is best for us. But the Holy Spirit knows better. Uh, the Holy Spirit knows what's best for us and will actually guide us to it if we allow the Holy Spirit to do that. And the best way to do that is forgiveness, which undoes the ego interference to hearing the Holy Spirit so that we can be guided to what is best for us and everybody. And what is best for us and everybody will lead to good things. Uh, it's not going to lead you to disaster. But uh, if you practice forgiveness and you're led by the Holy Spirit, it's just that what you are led to may not fit your pictures of what you thought, you know, of what you thought was the best thing for you. Uh, at one point, the Course even teaches that we don't know what our best interests oh, yeah, are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And our best interest always lies in forgiveness and in going home. But on the way home, we're going to appear to be here. So the question is, uh, how do we deal with that? And the best way to deal with it is always forgiveness. And uh, that's what Art and Purse always bring the conversations back to eventually. Yeah. Like you'll see in the third book, uh, you know, we talk about all kinds of wild stuff. You know, they make more predictions. They take me on a trip around the universe. Uh, you know, they talk about different dimensions of time. They actually complete their story of their next lifetime, so you can see uh, really how all these different lifetimes fit together. Mm. You know, Tom, Thomas and Thaddeus, uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, Thomas and Thaddeus both actually appeared to me uh, as they were uh, 2,000 years ago and talked to me about the forgiveness lessons that they had. Togas? It, uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, they, they looked like you would imagine <laughs> they would look uh, 2,000 years ago. And uh, then they connect that, and, I, and you can see uh, when I talk about Cindy and myself, and of course a lot of my forgiveness lessons uh, include my relationship with Karen, my first wife, mm-hmm. and then all the stuff that happened the last uh, seven years, which you know people, once they read this book, they'll know why it took so long <laughs> to write this book. Because it includes things like a two and a half year audit by the Internal Revenue Service, and uh, you know, uh, I start the book. I'm married to a woman in Maine named Karen. I finish the book. I'm married to a woman named Cindy in California, and uh, all this stuff that happened in between, and all these forgiveness lessons, and all, you know, it's just uh, you know, in one way it was kind of like a comedy of errors, <laughs> and uh, in another way. It was good because people can see the forgiveness opportunities and how I'm trying to deal with it and how through perseverance uh, you can do that. But it does take perseverance. I've said before uh, on these podcasts that if there's one quality 
that is the most important to doing A Course in Miracles. It's the quality of perseverance, you know, really sticking with it and being determined uh, to forgive, even though uh, the ego will keep on coming and keep on, you know, giving you forgiveness opportunities. Uh, it's relentless, yeah. It is, and it's, it's like, uh, you know, you have to be determined and you have to kind of like make a habit out of forgiveness because, you know, we spent uh, so long getting into the habit of thinking with the ego and the ego thought system. And now here we are, you know, completely trying to reverse uh, thousands of lifetimes of habit uh, in just one lifetime. Right. And I think the amazing thing is, is that's possible. Yeah. I think that, uh, well, it's like Judy Scutch said, you know, Bill Stedford was the first one to graduate from the course. Ah. She, she believes that he actually achieved uh, the goal of the course and that he was enlightened at the end of his lifetime which proves that it can be done, and to be able to undo all that stuff that's in the unconscious mind in just one lifetime, uh, that in itself is a miracle. And if it takes you two lifetimes, it's like I've said before, if there's one lifetime that's worth coming back for, I think it would be the last one. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, and I feel that way more after the third book, because Art and Purser, as I said, they kind of like uh, really show some of the forgiveness opportunities that they had. And it's amazing how... People are connected from one lifetime uh, to the next, including people uh, we know in this lifetime, and they show up again uh, in the next lifetime. And uh, you have the opportunity always for a holy relationship. It's like uh, the Course says, you know, those who are to meet shall meet, because together they have the potential for a holy relationship. I was going to say also, you know, you mentioned the phrase comedy of errors before, and it occurred to me that the only way to deal with the world of errors is through comedy. And in reality, the Course says, you know, everything is to be laughed away. You know, sit back with Jesus and we'll together we laugh the illusion away. So in a way, it's the seriousness that's always the problem. And laughing it away, seeing the inherent humor in the ridiculousness of it, that is the solution. That undoes the error. So, you know... And then earlier, this other thing that you said, too, that occurred to me, um, you were talking about uh, when, you're, when you're with someone and if there's issues, you forgive them. And if you don't have anything to forgive, then you celebrate. And as the Course says, everything that, that anyone does or says is going to be either a call for love or an expression of love. And that's really the same thing. If, if they're doing something that needs forgiving, it's a call for love on their part. And you, you express the love by forgiving them. And if they're not, then it's an expression of love, and you celebrate. So, you know, it really is that it's that simple. It doesn't make it easy, but it is that simple. The concept is not very complex. Uh, absolutely. I, I love this uh, drawing of Jesus that I have on uh, my living room wall, and uh, he's laughing. Mm -hmm. And the caption at the, at the bottom of it, he says, you're afraid of what? <laughs> and he's laughing about whatever it is you're afraid of. And uh, you can't laugh the world away. And yeah. You could laugh at anything. And, you know, uh, we'll all do the same thing sooner or later. I'd prefer sooner uh, for myself, so I'd try to laugh whenever I can. But it's always but, now. So, you know, that's the other thing, too. You're, you're saying about how this was actually established, the, the solution to all of this was established at the end of time. But it was the end of time that never occurred. There, there was no time. There is no time. The, the idea and the seeming experience of time is the illusion. It's, it's not there, so it's always now. So, you know, that, that's something you and I have talked about, and, and I keep getting more and more clearly 
part of it almost seems a little hopeless when you go, you know, there's nothing I can do that matters because nothing I do matters. And it really doesn't. It doesn't matter what you do. It ends up okay. You know, you end up awake, one with God. That the end. <laughs> it's over. So forget it. It doesn't matter what you do. Now, the only thing that matters at all is to the you that you think you are right now, that, that seems to be a separated being, still seems to be listening to this podcast or speaking the words of it as, as you and I are doing right now. Uh, you know, it seems like time is going on. So the question is, how long, as you just said, how long do you want to suffer with anything? Or or do you just want to give it up now? Because you can give it up now or next lifetime or a thousand lifetimes from now. That, you know, and, and ultimately, it really doesn't matter at all. So don't put any importance into it. But if you want to simply not be suffering at all, then choose that right now. And whenever you're hearing this, whoever's listening, it's always now. Just do it now. And if you don't do it now, then okay now. <laughs> so, but it's always now. So that's the choice we always make in every instant. Boy, you are a metaphysical. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm <laughs> telling you. You know, we've talked about this a little bit. I've had some, some major insights lately uh, following up on uh, coming out of my near-death experience for what seems to be a little over two years ago here in The Illusion. But it's like things have suddenly become a lot clearer to me on a lot of things. And I have I have a few new things coming out, and people on the newsletters will hear about that, and probably in our conference call, too. So, Hey, you want to do a question for Gary? Hey, why not? We said we would. I know, we did this one. No, I, I already kind of went through the list of a, of a few of them, and these are all kind of older ones. As we say, we never, th you should see my house. Gary has seen it. I never throw anything away, <laughs> including <laughs> emails. So we've got stuff from, from quite a few years ago in many cases. This is sort of our middle period. It's not all the way back, but it's about maybe, I don't know, a few years ago. There are some good ones, and to prove that we never get rid of them. Uh, we're going to do a couple of those here today. And the, and the first one was good. I wanted to bring this up to you because it involves traveling. And you were t just talking now about traveling because that's such a big part of your life and, and how to deal with that. So here's the first question that came in. And I'll, I'll establish who it's from. It's from Tim. But Tim is not a he. Tim is a she. And a very cute she. Actually, I, I've, I've connected on LinkedIn with Tim. And uh, yeah, she's a, a lovely lady from the Netherlands. We have many friends. We were speaking of Holland just a little bit earlier. Uh, Tim is an artist, does some interesting stuff. I'll give a plug for, if you want to check out her work, go to, it's tim983.nl, because it's a Netherlands uh, website. So it's tim983.nl. And she got real cute stuff, a lot of like kind of cartoony artwork. It's real sweet and, and funny and whimsical. Whimsy. It's filled with whimsy. So anyway, she begins and uh, why this caught my eye. Jean, dear Jean, first let me say I really love the podcast. I enjoy the conversations and above all the humor. I think you're brilliant. Enjoy it every time. Ah, oh, how could you not love Tim? Tim, you're wonderful. Okay, I have a question, Tim says. It's for both Gary and you. Oh, since your grasping of the course is, from what I hear, just as deep, so I hope the both of you can shed a light on this one. Well, I'm Mr. Metaphysics today, and between me and Gary, I think we'll have it covered. But the traveling part boils down to this. She asks, it's about forgiveness afterwards. She says, I'll start with a situation. I hate traveling. Gary, you can relate, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Tim says, especially since a while now, I get really anxious at the thought of leaving and being underway. So we went away for the weekend, and yes, I was completely tense. Now I tried to remember it was unconscious guilt in disguise and tried to forgive it. Um, it wasn't enough 
to rid me of the stress. However, once I was back home, I was relaxed again. She says, got out of the car, kissed the ground, you get the picture. <laughs> she says, no, it's not that bad. But once home, I got the feeling I just stacked that particular piece of unconscious guilt neatly right back where it was before without actually dissolving it. Thinking about the trip afterwards never bothers me. Not like, say, you get angry about a situation and afterwards you can still get worked up. So what happens here? How could I forgive this afterwards if I'm not feeling any stress in retrospective, knowing that next time I'm on the road, I'll get all twisted up again inside? So, yeah, that's an interesting question. If something's happening and you detest it and you hate, hate it, but you don't do the forgiveness then, later you go back to remember it, but you don't have that emotion. It doesn't really bother you. It's, eh, so what? So it's not so forgivable kind of for you. So, um... Anyway, that's from Tim. So you know, those are some interesting questions she has, Gare, and I think you're the man to talk about that. Well, yeah. Uh, first of all, I won't say that I uh, hate traveling. In fact, uh, I think when I first started doing a lot of it, I liked it um, a lot. Uh, it was easier. It seems like every year the TSA uh, has made it more difficult uh, to fly without all these in indignities <laughs> being <laughs> right. Uh, oh, and the airlines, too. I remember when, when they had seats where you actually could bring your legs with you. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah, I'd say the first three years or so that I was doing it, then everything started getting stricter, then people started flying again. You know, it took about four years after 9-11 before people, everybody decided it was safe to fly. Yeah. And now everything's crowded and overbooked. And uh, But the thing I want to say is, first of all, uh, I always enjoyed flying. I remember the first time I flew was like in this little Piper Cherokee single-engine plane over Mount Washington in uh, New Hampshire. I mean, the thing looked like a mosquito, uh. and it's like I liked it. You know, I, I've always enjoyed flying. Uh, I just don't like some of the circumstances now. But uh, since it's, uh, travel has become a little bit more difficult, there's a lot more scrutiny, you know, trying to get into one country or into another, or even back into the United States, incredibly. When you're, even, when you're a citizen here, you the, you're questioned and given great scrutiny when you come home uh, just to go home. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, wow, and there are a lot of forgiveness uh, opportunities. And uh, one thing that I think might help uh, Tim is when you leave for the trip, you think that you're going to be anxious. Uh, don't go alone. You know, bring Jesus or the Holy Spirit with you because you're never alone. And uh, remember this quotation that I always try to remember from the Course. The Course says, you travel but in dreams while safe at home. Mm. You know, so it looks like you're going somewhere. The truth is you're not really going anywhere. And you're still at home in God. You travel but in dreams, so you're dreaming that you're traveling somewhere. Uh, the truth is, you're not going anywhere. You're still at home with God. You're safe, and uh, everything's fine. And you want to remember that uh, before you start out on a trip, uh, because since it doesn't bother you when the trip's over, it's a little hard to forgive in retrospect. So it, it's best, uh, you know, kind of like visualize yourself uh, being with Jesus, taking his hand. Uh, I always ask uh, Jesus to make the trip with me. And uh, Cindy does, too. And it does make a difference when you realize that uh, you're not really doing anything. You're not really going anywhere except in dreams and illusions. And you're really safe at home. And you're taken care of. And you're going to be provided for. 
and uh, everything's going to be fine. And start to think like that uh, before you go out on the trip and when you start the trip and, and even throughout it. Uh, just remember every now and then. Obviously, you don't, you're not going to think this way all the time because you have to deal with things. You have to go through whatever it is you're going through in order to get to where you're going. But always try to remember that, that uh, you're not really going anywhere except in a dream. And what happens in dreams may appear to happen, but it's not really happening. And you can choose to remember that you're always safe at home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, interesting, I I think that's exactly a great idea about about literally having Jesus come with you. I mean, those of us who study the Course... I think it's almost inevitable, and pretty much everybody I know who who really is into the Course really feels that presence of Jesus. We we know that this is not just something I'm thinking about. They're they're really you know we are joined at that level, and ultimately, our if our if our mind is one, then we are with Jesus. We are the same at that level. We're the ones who seem to have the blockages. Jesus does not. But we can tap into that clarity at any time we choose to. And and literally, and I, I will personally state, I mean, I have personally had connections with Jesus at some very difficult times. And he will always be there. That 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 being, that aspect of your own being that we see as Jesus, that will join with you. And you can take him along for the ride. And it is, as you said, Garrett, it's much easier to... To relax the stress of any situation by knowing it's really okay, no matter what seems to happen here, it really is is not what it appears to be, and that and the calming effect of that of joining with Jesus and or just the Holy Spirit, it it just can't be described. Uh, one thing I would just add, if you wanted my input, since apparently I'm so brilliant today was uh, <clears throat> not enough for Hay House, but, you know, uh, send them your cards and letters, folks. Where's Gene Bogart on your list? Anyway, um, the thing I would say, we talked about time and the fact that time, is, it's really always now. Time is an illusion. So um, Tim was asking about, what about later? I, uh, oh, okay, I didn't, I forgot to do that. I was all stressed out, and now I'm back, and I'm calm, and, you know, and I don't feel that stress, so how can I forgive it? Remember that there is no difference in time. You're simply looking at that same illusion from what appears to be two perspectives. One seems to be after the fact, and the other one seemed to be during it. But in reality, those are the same. The illusion was the same, and it is the same, because there's only now. So think of that and picture yourself doing the forgiving when the stress occurred, if you're not feeling the stress now. And again, invite Jesus into that part of the process. Say, "Let, let me see that. Let me clearly see that both of these things were really one, and my forgiveness is the same for them both, for either, for the one. It's only the one thing. So I think between that and and I think the taking Jesus with you is a great solution, Gary. I think that that can be applied not only to traveling, but to all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a really good way to deal with it. Of course, it helps to have Cindy to take with me also. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, um, if you have Cindy and Jesus, you know, you're doing okay. That's a killer combination, right? Yeah. I mean, I have Helen and Jesus, and uh, the three of us, you know, we have three ways. <laughs> but three ways, um, what do you think I mean? I mean, in the forgiveness process, it's a forgiveness three-way people with dirty minds out there. Let, let's do another question. Tim, thank you for that one, and uh, I'm sure we will we will connect again, and I'm going to go back and look at more of some of Tim's cool artwork, because she is talented. So anyhow, maybe she'll send me a little something now for the plug. I don't know. Hey, celebrities get plugs when they mention stuff on TV shows. They get free cars and things. A little free caricature. I don't, no, it's, it's beautiful stuff. Very, very cute and very, very loving. 
uh, our next one comes up. This is from Scott, who is from uh, from Michigan. Uh, I don't have a website for Scott, but I, uh, we do have a question. Dear Gary, I've listened to every one of your podcasts, and I eagerly await the release of each one of them. Uh, thanks so much for what has been to me an incredible gift, namely your frequent podcasts. Well, there are those who would take exception, Scott, with the term frequent for our podcasts. But again, there's no time, so it's okay. Now for Scott's question. As a course student, I always feel the desire to want to fix things in the world. And I know that this could quite easily get in the way of my spirituality. What better way for me to convince myself that an illusory problem is actually a real problem, no? By trying to externally fix things, I know I can easily trick myself into believing that I don't really have to deal with the problem on an inner level first. Um, it talks about how the Bible says in Corinthians 13, apparently, uh, seem to give up all I have to such and such a cause and yet still gain nothing. Specifically, I may soon have the opportunity to uh, become involved in a charitable nonprofit organization that might be seen as doing a lot of good in the world. But I'm afraid that this may become more of a distraction for me than a truly healing experience. How might I best prevent such an experience from distracting me from the true work at hand, which is always, as Gene says, forgiveness? I do, in fact, say that. Thanks. That's from Scott, who's in Michigan. Yeah, how do you do something that, that actually seems very important and for a good reason in the world, and yet not get distracted, not get caught up in it, Gare? Yeah. Uh, could you repeat that? Yeah, no, Scott I'm said... Just, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, thanks for the question, Scott, and uh, for listening to all the podcasts. And uh, I know, you know, some people say we don't do enough of them. Well, we have done, this is what, our 48th? Uh, this I is think. 48. Hey, we're getting close to 50. We're going to do some big jubilee on 50, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, we've been doing it for seven years, so that's an average of over seven a year or over uh, one every two months. And, and that's, you know, despite the fact that I travel so much. And, and uh, you know, Gene obviously has had his uh, health uh, issues. I was physically offline for some time. Yeah. So we're doing okay, and uh, I think that your question really comes back to, uh, you know, the attitude that you have, because what you do in the world is one thing, and the way that you look at it is another thing. So it's like two different things. It's like uh, apples and oranges. So you appear to be living in this world, and you have what appears to be an important problem, of course, it's not really any more important than any other problem, which is why there's no order of difficulty in miracles. The reason that one is not harder or bigger than another is because uh, both of them are untrue. So you can't make a distinction between this little thing over here and this big thing over here when neither one of them are true. So that's why it's all the same. And that's easy to say. When it comes to actually doing it, then you want to be what the Course calls above the battleground. You know, it's kind of like now there's what you're doing. That's what we call our life in this world. That's the ego script, what we do. Then there's the Holy Spirit script, which is changing the way that we look at it. And ironically, if you do that, if you do that often enough and long enough, then you're undoing the ego, which means that you're going to have more access to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can actually inspire you as to a best way to handle a problem. So uh, there are actually uh, practical fringe benefits that come along with practicing forgiveness because now you have more access to the Holy Spirit and you might have an idea 
that tells you how to make something work better. And that can be very practical. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with being successful in the world, and, and there's nothing wrong with uh, you know having all the things that you want to have. The difference is in the way that you're looking at it. Now you're looking at everything with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego, and that's really the only difference. So I think the more that you get into the habit of looking at it with the Holy Spirit, uh, the more uh, unattached you are to uh, what's going on in the world and the outcome. And the irony is is that you might end up doing things better. You might actually end up you know, with uh, ideas that inspire you to live a better life and have a good time. Very nice. Very good. Yeah, thank and uh thank you to Scott for sending that in. That is, that is a that's an interesting one because again how the ego will try to use anything uh, against you and against your awakening and it'll use anger and it'll use negative emotions for that purpose. But the scary thing is it will also try to use good things or I put good in quotes but things that you think are being done for the good that I'm going to help people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to extend love. The ego will try to twist that and use it as Scott said to distract you from stuff. So again, when we constantly, cause you know, the whole thing, it's always turning our thoughts over to the Holy spirit be you in charge just saying you how do i what do i do whether it's a a negative thing whether you're being attacked by someone or are we still <laughs> well whether you whether you're being interrupted or being attacked by someone or whether you you're expressing love and helping someone out we want to do all of that with the holy spirit and then we'll always be moving it in the right direction but speaking of interruptions where is is someone going to join us for a minute uh, yeah, actually, uh, Cindy's here. Oh! I think she wants to say hello. We love Cindy. We do love and Cindy. I just, I just want to add one thing about that idea of being uh, distracted. A yeah. lot of it is just in remembering. Yeah. You know, you got to get into the habit of remembering the Holy Spirit. I love that line from the Forgotten Song. You know, what is a miracle but this remembering? It's like the, the yeah. trick is to remember the truth. Once you remember it, then everything that you've learned uh, about the Holy Spirit and about the Holy Spirit's thought system can come back to you. So a lot of it, yeah, the ego will try to distract you, but uh, what you have to do is get into the habit of remembering. Yeah. And when you do that, like the Course says, miracles are habits, uh, you get so much into the habit of remembering the Holy Spirit. And you know, you can think about that as a reminder. You can think that what we want to be is we want to be one with the Holy Spirit's thinking. We want to be a member of the same club, the same thing that the Holy Spirit is. We want to be members together so we remember how's that yeah. when that literally is what it is we are re we are once again making ourselves a member we are once again being one with the holy spirit you're on fire today i'm telling you i don't know what's got the holy spirit is speaking through me here i, I don't know what it is wait wait i feel something coming about me there brother gary i got to tell you i think that dear sister cindy is going to be coming to the altar to speak her truth <laughs> am i am i right yeah, in fact, here she is. Okay. Say hello and, and say a couple of things, and then I'll I'll come back on for a minute. I, I am going to have to get going. After okay. This. Gary will come back for Father Gary. Father Gary's closing homily for us. Right. Yes. yes. Here she is. Great. Cindy, Laura, Renard. Oh, hold on one second. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, got to do this properly. Okay, I'm getting ready. And okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's a rare privilege and honor. Would you welcome, please, the inimitable Cindy Laura Renard? <laughs> That's a bigger round of applause than Gary. 
The, the crowd goes, <laughs> they're totally wild for you. Cindy, hi, sweetie. How are you? I am fine. And I was just going to say, where is my fake applause? Uh, well, there, there you go. There, right there. Oh, there is nothing fake about it. There is there's a crowd. I keep a crowd of several thousand people outside the window here. And I just, I wave to them whenever it's time for Cindy so, or Gary. So uh, they don't, they don't applaud me, but they're, they're used to me. But you guys, oh, it's the end of the world. <laughs> you know, on our, on our last podcast with Gary, you and I actually chatted on the phone for quite a while before Gary and I started the podcast. We we're saying, you know, we're, you know, I want to do something where we'll actually do a, a podcast, whether it's a Gary Renard podcast or we do a totally different one, but actually to speak in depth with you, because you, you know, all kidding aside from being such a sweetheart and such a dear friend, but you are a really fascinating person to speak with and with a lot of, of quality stuff to share. So I'm glad we have a little, this will be like, a, uh, you're like a guest star today, and then later we'll have the spinoff where you have your own show and we'll do a podcast just with you at that time but <laughs> i would love to do that i would love to do that gary was talking about how how you do more and more speaking and interacting during uh, the live appearances when when he's doing workshops and and speaking engagements and and you are more and more a part of that that de verbal delivery uh, aside from the music that you do together and I said, well, there's no no wonder, because you're really a natural at this type of thing. You understand the chorus very deeply. You are truly a, a you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting here giving you accolades, but you are honestly a very loving and forgiving person. So this type of thing does come pretty naturally to you, and, and hence the deep understanding shows up because of that. And, and then you're, a, you know, as a person with a performing background in music and stuff, you, you have a natural way of expressing yourself. So I think that that's always a, a great combination for what it is you're now doing more of. Hmm. Well, that's very kind of you to say. All true. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am enjoying participating a lot more in the workshops. Um, that is something that has been sort of a process over time. And I, I think at first, kind of like when Gary started out, I was a little shy to... to to get up there and actually speak um, to people, I singing no problem. Yeah, I've always been comfortable with that. Speaking is another story. So it took me a while. I would do little bits at a time, you know, little bits at a mm -hmm. time, and then mm -hmm. and then the more I started doing it, I actually started to miss miss it when I wasn't up there with Gary speaking because you know I I realized I really love A Course in Miracles and what it's saying. Yeah, I love doing the best I can to to live it. And so I found myself really enjoying just being part of it, just sharing in the teachings and what it's actually saying, because I'm, I really am passionate about it. So I find myself now really, really excited about how our workshops have been evolving. And yeah, I think it's going, going really well. You know, and I especially love the interaction time. I think Gary mentioned earlier, yeah. we do a segment now where we're, we're both up there and, and we're just, you know, having a discussion with the audience, you know, and we're you know, sharing in that time. And that is so much, that's my favorite part. Actually. Yeah. You know, Gary and I talk about that a lot, how, how, well, we talk about that on our podcast, and there are many people who really only hear us together on the podcasts. And, uh, you know, some people have seen us on some of the cruises that we had done and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously Gary and I are talking primarily about the course and course related aspects of our lives uh, in the shows. But uh, I've often said that when, when Gary and I, we noticed this right from when we first met so long ago, that doesn't matter 
where we are or what we're doing, we have the same discussions. If we're at a bar having a beer or we're having dinner or we're walking around a town someplace and we're, oh, yeah, you know, when you start applying forgiveness and you look at a piece of structure like that on that famous old building, you know, it's like it's just it permeates your whole life because you're, you're, when your thought system starts aligning itself with the Holy Spirit, you can't help but see those things pop up they just seem to present themselves and and you want to share that and you want to interact and the way that that he and i interact and and you and i we have had these same discussions as you do with gary and when you're there at an event we're sharing it with everyone who's there and they with us so you know it uh it seems remarkable like worth remarking about because it's so odd but it's not odd at all it's the most natural thing and 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 once you're doing it uh, i just want to do that more you know exactly yeah and i think over time i i really started practicing a course in miracles in 2005 is when i really started to do the work and i just noticed how much this stuff really does work if you really do your best to apply it to everything that comes up in your everyday life. I mean, anything that comes up, no matter big or small. And I started to realize the more I was doing that, um, the more things that used to push my buttons, just it's just I was not getting uh, yeah. bothered by it anymore, upset by it. And that's how I kind of knew that it was, this stuff is really working, you know, and I... You know, I, I I said almost that exact phrase that I, I I think I've said this a number of times that when I when I had my near death medical crisis, uh, and I was either briefly dead or or was hovering at the point of death. Uh, either way, it was near death one way or the other. But it was sort of like crossing over, but not. As I said, I wasn't totally dead. I was I was only mostly dead. Um, <laughs> so I was able to be revived. Um, but, you sound great, by the way. You, uh, sound- I, you know, I sound way better than I look. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is better to sound good than to look good, darling. I got to tell you that. Um, but the one, the first thing that I kind of thought, or among the handful of little conscious thoughts that popped through my 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 consciousness at the time, through my my mind, at whatever level I was thinking, was I realized that here was what would be the most horrifying and terrifying situation imaginable. To this is it, you know, it's like falling off the Grand Canyon cliff, and the rocks are coming up, and you know you're gonna splat, and it's all gonna be over, and you'd think that just on the verge of death or or at the point of death would be the most... And I realized, I said, I am completely at peace. Mm. And I was actually filled with joy. It was wonderful. Mm. And the first thing I thought of was the Course, and I used the other S word, but I thought to myself, this stuff really works. All of this, all of this that I've been doing, because I've been focused on the workbook with the on course study group that I do for a little plug plug. Uh, but with, with the on course group, I mean, I just, I can't help but go over the workbook lessons day after day. And now it's been, we're in our fourth year of it. So, you know, it, you become immersed in this thought system and it just becomes automatic after a time. And the result is this sense of peace that nothing can threaten. And you go, God, you know, with that, you cannot put a price on that. And then it really works. And as you said, it manifests itself in how you deal with people, the world, whatever, whatever it is, you know, even something that if it does, uh, for me, if something happens and I still get upset at certain things, but I so quickly just move past it. It just, you know, and I'll tell you, honestly, I've mentioned this to Gary. I almost never get angry with people anymore. I get angry at things and the universe, but not people. I can almost instantly forgive anybody. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't had terrible tragedies that people have brought on me, but I'm talking about, you know, anything that happens. Uh, somebody cuts you off in traffic or stuff where you used to feel that anger. It doesn't even occur to me now. It's just because I see them. They're another character in the dream. They are not real. I'm not real. What's real loves itself. And then, and, you know, and you, how can you be mad? You just you just don't. It, it becomes effortless for you. So I, I think you you see that now as when you deal with people at your speaking things. Absolutely, yeah, and there are many opportunities, as we all know, to forgive. You know, oh. as each day goes by, there's always opportunities. So I always just like to say, well, why not just recognize those opportunities when they come up and just use them? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, that's that's the way to do it. That's the way to to really undo the ego by by actually being aware in the first place when there is a judgment or there is you know something that is even mildly disturbing. I think I think. Um, a lot of us, you know, um, you know, we actually, it becomes so normal to to feel even mild discomfort that it's just so easily overlooked. Yeah. When you're even mildly disturbed, and I think the course is asked, asking us to take that, you know, make that no different than again something that really seems hard or huge or big, but take that that really small thing and just be able to identify it in the moment and that's happening and, and just look at that, bring it to the surface and just treat it the same as everything else. Yeah. You know, apply the same forgiveness to that as you would something else. But M- it, make this year different by making it yeah. all the same, but the, you yeah. know, make, make this thing, whatever this thing is that bothers me, make this thing different by making it all the same. It's all just here to be for, if, if it's something that seems, you know, Gary just mentioned earlier in this show, we were talking about how uh, everything is either, uh, an expression of love or a call for love. And so, you know, something is either a thing to be forgiven, and if there's nothing to forgive, then it's just to be celebrated. And that's the expression. So you just join in the love and, and bask in the oneness. But most everything does have some element of a need to be forgiven. So that's what it's there for. That is its purpose. And, uh, you know, as you said, it's all the same, whether it's a hangnail or terminal yeah. cancer. They're the yeah. same, and and the negative way of seeing that would be: What do you mean that you know you're taking some little thing that's inconsequential and saying it's the same as something terrible? No, what it's saying is that there is nothing that's actually terrible. That anything is simply an illusion to be forgiven, you know. And that and when we forgive the body, we also have to be forgiving. That's why we say spirituality for grown-ups. You know, the truth is, mm-hmm. you if you if you have you know I. I, I I was there, you know, so I know sometimes it's like we got to be ready to say goodbye to this walking meat bag, and we have to say goodbye to the walking meat bags who seem to be people we love in our life, whether they are our pets or our family or humans or it doesn't matter. These are beings that we dearly love, and when they seem to be going away through death, that's a tough forgiveness nut to crack, but it's no different than the hangnail. It's, it's all part of just an illusion, and, and I put it here. That's, <laughs> so. right. <laughs> That's right. And I, I I think it's so good to remember to even just be normal and kind in situations yeah. where yeah. Even if you find somebody, whether it's a friend or family or whoever it is, if someone's sick or whatever, just, just you know, maybe it wouldn't be best to necessarily start quoting A Course in Miracles. In no, no. Well, there's no need you know, to. There's no just, need for that. Yeah. yeah, demonstrate your senselessness and your peace and peace. And that would be like a very good... I think example saying that you know you're and it's saying indirectly that your sickness doesn't have an effect on my um, peace and it's it's sort of another way of 
you know, demonstrating that the separation has not occurred by also seeing them, you know, as the same. We're the same because we share the same mind, yeah. same content of the ego, the Holy Spirit, and the decision maker. And that's why we're the same. You know, I think it's so, you know, we all know people who maybe aren't doing well. You know, maybe they're, you know, they aren't feeling great or they maybe there's something very traumatic that's happened, you know. And I think it's just so important to just... It's almost like a very basic thing is just to be kind, period, you know, in those situations and not, you know, raise yourself above, you know, as you, as if you are better in some way because oh, yeah. uh, I'm the healthy one and you're the sick one. Or, right, you know, right. it, there's, But believe it or not, there are a lot of people that don't do that. You know, they, you know, it's very easy for the ego to take over in that situation and somehow make you feel superior Right. You know, in you know, unconsciously, it's not that they're saying that to the person. But, but that's the ego's game. I mean, it, and it, you know, yeah, it's yeah. I, I'm healthy and you're not. I'm saved yeah. and you're not. You know, somebody pointed out a, a, a I don't know if it was a real T-shirt or not, but a, the, it was like from some extremist view that was like Jesus loves me and hates you. You know, so <laughs> I, I always crack up when 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 sports people they was I want to thank Jesus for helping our team win today. I said, well. First of all, you're saying that Jesus takes sides in these things. Jesus loves your team and hates the other team, apparently. Yeah. And then, isn't that, shouldn't you forfeit? Isn't that inherently just against the rules to have a supernatural, all-powerful being make you win? Doesn't that violate the rules of sportsmanship right there? Aren't you supposed to compete on an even, you know? Yeah. And if Jesus loves both teams evenly, then it's always a draw. You know, so then, but, but, uh, but, you know, your, your point was, was perfect that it's this example of being in the world, but not of it. And you can, if you see someone who's suffering terribly, you can see them as perfect. You can see them as whole and healed and completely perfect, but it's not something you're going to, you know, throw at them. You can still be completely compassionate and comforting and, and. You know, yeah. you can be sympathetic without identifying with the illness. You can see the perfection in them on their behalf. You can see it for them because you get that. They don't yet, but they will. And and in your seeing it, you extend the healing to them, even if they're not consciously aware of it. Because what we think we are consciously doesn't exist either. That's another of the harsh truths. <laughs> the person you think you are isn't even here. You're not real. Go away. <laughs> so, and that goes that goes for me as I say it. It's like psychotic. We're we're like really crazy people. But the truth of it, <laughs> if it is that the that, that which is real. The real part of us is absolutely real, and that's what we share, and that, that so we're always moving towards the awareness of that when we extend it to someone else. But in the world, if, if somebody has a boo-boo, we still make it better. No matter how serious that boo-boo is, we, we comfort them at whatever level is appropriate. And that, that kindness, I think, is really important. People have spoken about it. I had just recently heard a quote about kindness. And it wasn't Einstein, but it was some famous person like that, and maybe someone can remind me, uh, and, and how that's ultimately the most important thing in our lives is, is to extend kindness. And I think when you, when you see it from the understanding of A Course in Miracles, we realize how very true that is. I think it's more true than than people realize as you know and that that alone kindness will change the world by transforming it and and you know we can be the agents of that and and that's what you are Cindy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I I find that I um I think it's an, it's just it's a train the mind to remember to just 
if when you remember to remember to part of this being kind is just remembering to choose love within yourself first before you and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance you know as to what to do what to say how to be whatever but it's about i think just returning to the mind and choosing love within and then you know being inspired you'll be inspired as to what to say if if anything to somebody or or what to do if anything to somebody yeah or, yeah and- i mean you're just sort of like hey you know get into yourself in alignment first the best you can you know and then and pay attention and tune in and listen and you know, the Holy Spirit is right there waiting, you know, just for your acceptance yeah. <laughs> uh, to choose it. It's your teacher, and it's just a matter of, you know, everybody, it's always there. Whether you accept that choice in the moment or not, just knowing sometimes that that's there when you're ready to accept the Holy Spirit's invitation right. is sometimes enough just to go forgive yourself if you, in the moment you forgot or you didn't do it, because you can always come back later to it. So the same thing, and and just, you know... Just say, hey, you know, I'm, I can always choose again, you know, and I'm not being judged, you know, just because I, I didn't choose before. But my choice is always mine, and I have there's many opportunities, you know, and um, yeah, that's just one of the things that, you know, I myself have been working on, you know, just really training my mind to remember um, just to before, if there's something, a decision I'm faced with, and I'm not sure what to do in the situation, you know, just take a moment and that section be still, you know, go to the quiet center and just be still and, you know, listen with the intention of, you know, joining with the Holy Spirit in the right part of your mind and trust then that the answer is there already. It's already been given and that when you are ready to accept it and receive it, it will come in and it will come in as probably an inspired idea. It'll just kind of feel like it just came through you, but you didn't think of it. Yeah, when those when those little things, whether they be you know musical or writing creativity, or just as you say the the right thing to do or the right words mm-hmm. to say at any given moment, when it just seems to pop up, it just where did that come from? Yeah. You know, and and you realize that was just my oneness with the Holy Spirit. The one thing that reminded me when you were saying that too is I I so often say the most really the only thing, not just the most important, but the only thing we really ever need to do is to be willing. It's mm-hmm. willingness to turn it over to the Holy Spirit at every instant. And that's all we actually do. And and it's not even a doing, as the Course says, I need do nothing. But we have to be willing. And that's a state of willingness. If we will ha- have that in our consciousness, that's all we have to have. If I'm willing to turn it over to the Holy Spirit, everything else will just take its place. It'll just fall into place naturally and perfectly. And it, it really does. But it's willingness. And that's our struggle or our seeming struggle with the ego, the ego keeps saying, oh, no, come on, you really want to do this. And you have to, the only thing you have, no, I'm I'm willing to not do that. I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to open myself to the Holy Spirit. Again, be you in charge, Holy Spirit, of my thinking, of my, of the words I speak, of everything. So that willingness will never fail us. And the Holy Spirit, you said, you know, the whatever you need to say, and sometimes it's nothing the nothing is what you needed to say. Sometimes just a gentle look or a touch. In the worst scenario, sometimes that's all it takes to to solve the problem. Even in the world, it's solved. It certainly is solved in 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 your inner turmoil, and that's always the willingness. And that's you know. So we do the willing. The Holy Spirit does everything else. So the heavy lifting is all all the lifting is the Holy Spirit. Get out there, lift that <laughs> stuff. You know. But you need the willingness, and the Holy Spirit says, "Bring it on." 
<laughs> Bring it I on. I love it. And yeah. um, actually, and uh, I heard I love what you just said. And Gary is here. He is has to go, so he wanted to say he has okay. to go literally right now. So he wants to say something. Okay, um, we'll bring on Father Gary for the closing. Cindy, thank you so much, sweetie. We love you. I, I love, love you. you. Helen and I love you, and the cats love, love you too. You all and <laughs> shout out to everybody. I'm tuning in, and I'm going to turn it over to Gary because he literally <laughs> saying okay. he's got to do this uh, other call in a moment. So I'm going to turn him over. And I'll talk to you again. Thank you, Cindy. Soon. Thank you so much. I'm sure okay. everybody loved hearing from you, as I did. And uh, we'll we'll do again do when we again. do a, a longer one with just uh, with just you, the Cindy Show. So. Sounds great. Okay. Bye, Gene. Okay. Bye, bye, okay. sweetie. And we bring back for his closing homily, the Reverend <laughs> Father Gary. There are those out there who enjoy the Irish accent as we introduce the good father himself. So, Father Gary, would you would you be telling us something that uh, that even His Holiness the Pope the big father that he might be approving of here today. Well, buddy, I found that uh, quotation at the end of the Forgotten Song. Ah. In uh, the course, the actual quotation is, uh, What is a miracle but this remembering? And who is there in whom this memory lies not? The light in one awakens it in all. And when you see it in your brother, you are remembering for everyone. So, because every mind is joined, it's kind of like whenever you remember the Holy Spirit, we were talking about this with Scott's question earlier, uh, whenever you remember, you are remembering for everyone in a way, because every mind is joined, and everything is connected, like we were saying earlier, with the uh, Holy Spirit's, you know, kind of like uh, interacting chain of forgiveness. It's uh, it's something that's really connected. So I wanted to close with that. Uh, I literally have to uh, hang up the phone <laughs> right now. As uh, I have to start this uh, conference call with these TV people. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you got your big shot Hollywood stuff to do now, right? Well, they don't like it when you're late. <laughs> I so got it. I, I better get going. I but, appreciate uh, you being on this long. It was great having Cindy here too. I, that was a, that was kind of a first to have any any lengthy discussion on on one of our shows with her, and we'll we'll do that again because she's terrific. You know that. Well, I don't have to tell you. Great. So thanks a lot, buddy, and I'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Gar. I'll be back with closing comments, but uh, my thanks to you. I appreciate you staying on as long as you did. Uh, give them hell out there, and don't don't uh, see if you can get Ben Affleck to come on board because he's pretty good about stuff. Well, sure, and uh, you know I hear he's going to play Batman, so uh, <laughs> be an, uh, just a natural. Segue Maybe you can be into, Robin. Uh, yeah, into the disappearance of the universe, it would work. So I'll keep that in mind. And, keep your uh, cell phone uh, on on your utility belt while you do this. Okay, I'll do that. See you. <laughs> And as Gary drives off in the Batmobile, can't you just picture that? Gary Renard driving around L.A. in downtown Hollywood in the Batmobile. That'd be something. I've actually seen the Batmobile, the uh, the, the original one from the old Adam West Batman series. Uh, it was housed somewhere. Somebody owned it down here in, in South Florida. And they would period, I'd be out on I-95 and I'd be driving next to the Batmobile. I'd say, oh... I don't know. I, I don't think I could drive that unless I was in costume all the time, and uh, that undoubtedly I'd, I'd be arrested or at least picked up for insanity, and, and they'd have me guilty on that charge. But I'm not guilty at all, as you know, if you're a Course in Miracles student. Uh, earlier, and if you did read the written descriptive notes that I do for each uh, of the podcast episodes, you see them at iTunes and at Forgiveness.tv. You'll, and yes, I do write those. 
You'll notice that it's, it's, this one is titled the Transcending Time Podcast. And the reason I was doing that is because I noticed when, when I was listening back to our recording with Gary and I, uh, that in the beginning I had said, as I have been doing for some time when I was introducing him before the applause comes in, before the crowd, I was keeping them quiet. And I said, uh, you know, oh, the soon to be released love has forgotten no one. And, you know, and I realized that we were, we recorded it just before it was released. And now that it's actually coming out, the book is already, it has been released. So, I realized this podcast transcends time. That's why it's the Transcending Time Podcast. We're here to show that time is just an illusion, even in the format of what we do the show with here. So so actually, we're providing a perfect example of transcending time in this very podcast. Then, unbeknownst to me, when I, when I listened back doing the editing for the program, I realized we talked about time throughout the whole show. And that was not intentional. The concept of time came up over and over again. Dare I say time and time again. Gary spoke about it early on. I was talking about some of the revelations that I've sort of had since my medical near-death crisis experience. <laughs> my crisis experience. But, oh, I laugh about it now. And I talked about the uh, my different interpretations of the passage and experience of time. Then our question, the first question from Tim in the Netherlands, she asked about time and the process of forgiveness how do you forgive afterwards when so we talked about that and then when cindy came on and wasn't that wonderful and she talked also about time she spoke about um coming back to things later as part of the forgiveness process and even when when listening to the inspiration of the holy spirit it will happen at the appropriate time so we didn't only transcend time we discussed time and you just can't make that kind of thing up Speaking of the Netherlands, yeah, I had mentioned not only Tim, but uh, also Andre. Uh, his name was mentioned earlier in the show. I, you know, I think everybody who hears this podcast either knows Andre or certainly knows about him. And really, I'll, you know all about him. There's nothing for me to say. There's nothing, there's no news that I need to break about Andre. Nothing I need to say that hasn't been said far too many times before. I know he listens to the show, so he'll be wondering how far I'm going to go with this. I just want to say, as we all know, Andre lives in the Netherlands every morning. He's sipping a nice warm cup of delicious Dutch cocoa. He has his breakfast bowl of Bourignon sitting right next to him there. And, and, and Andre and Tom live together in a windmill. Because I think all people in Holland, they live in windmills, right? I mean, it, I think so, as far as I know. So... And well, it's all I ever see is picked, and it's surrounded by tulips. So that's and the flower, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's windmills. And uh, and and Roger is saying, "What about me? I'm Dutch too." Well, he lives in New York. He calls New Amsterdam, and I think he's got a small windmill on top of his apartment building in New York. I think. Anyway, enough about windmills. Let's spin our way into real quickly to tell you when Gary and I mentioned our conference call. And uh, we are going to do one. It's going to be quite soon, in fact. we Again, we have not worked out all the details and particulars, but I think we're, it's going to shape up pretty quickly. So check that out. Uh, one way to do that is at 
forgiveness.tv. I am going to put up a page there. If when you go, it's not there yet, it will be soon. A page just about the about the conference calls at forgiveness.tv. And then I'll update that periodically whenever there's a call. We're going to do this one conference call with Gary and I. There will be other conference calls that are in the planning stage right now, and we'll constantly update that page. Another way to stay updated is to join the email newsletter list. And there's two of them. There's Gary's. You can get to that at GaryRenard.com, his famous and eponymous website. And uh, you can sign up for his newsletter list there. And I also have a newsletter list that I run out of Forgiveness.tv. And you can check that out right at Forgiveness.tv. And while you're there, I, I do want to mention uh, so many folks, and especially several people recently, have helped in contributing to my health recovery fund, uh, recovering from the, the, the medical crisis that I've mentioned before. And... You know, my gratitude, I've, I'm not going to go into depth about it here because I get I get all choked up because it means so much and it is such a huge help for us. So several people have contributed recently and, uh, you know, we are so grateful, Helen and I both, because it seriously helps to not only keep us alive but functioning, keeps the equipment running and the podcast being produced and everything else. It gives us the, you know, the, the help we need and to pay off the medical balances and keep the ship of state afloat. So sincerely, thank you so much. Our gratitude is and always will be completely overwhelming for that. Uh, while, while you're at Forgiveness.tv, don't forget Facebook. That's not even a segue, but when you go to Facebook, we'd love it if you would like, or we'd like it if you would love, the Gary Renard podcast page at Facebook. Just do a quick search and it'll pop up right there. And that will also be a place where we'll keep you up to date on the very latest that's happening with conference calls, further podcasts, other stuff, and occasionally a funny cartoon that we repost there as well, if it has something to do with uh, <laughs> with anything. So thank you guys so much, all of you, for that. And uh, we hope to, that you will connect, and we hope to see you and connect with you on Facebook as well as on the conference call. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to speaking with some of you at the same time. So that'll be great. That'll be coming up soon. The Gary Renard Podcast is produced by Enlighten Up Creations and released through Forgiveness.tv. All verbal content of our programs is copyright 2013. Gary Renard and Gene Bogart, all rights reserved. And as always, all grievances forgiven. As if there even were any grievances. That's the beauty of forgiveness. They're literally not there. To find out more about our programs, as we just said, check out the newsletter lists at both GaryRenard.com and at Forgiveness.tv. And as I said, I hope we'll have a chance to be chatting in person and at greater length during a conference call coming up fairly soon. So uh, stay connected with us for that. And in the meantime, while you do, and whether or not you live in a windmill, just keep one thing in mind, that no matter where you are in the world or beyond the world, because it's true, no matter where you are, whatever the question, forgiveness is always the answer. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Holy production meeting, Batman!